This week on the Mountain Climbers podcast, in her longest broadcast interview ever, Sandra Finlay, the mumtrepreneur that heads up Easy Lunch and Kindo, is here with over 3.3 million transactions and triple figure growth year on year. It's a nationwide phenomenon impacting literally hundreds of schools and tens of thousands of parents across the country every day. Yet behind all that success, what she says is her greatest legacy might just knock your socks off. I'm Duncan Tolmey, and the Mountain Climbers podcast begins next. Hello there, everybody, and welcome to the Mountain Climbers podcast. I'm Duncan Tolmey, and today I am with Sandra Finlay. Hello, Sandra. How are you going? Hi. Good, thanks. You're the CEO, founder, director of Easy Lunch and Kindo. First of all, would you be able to just tell us how you came up with the idea of Easy Lunch? Yeah, well, it was um, because I was a mum. I had a child at um, Marie Bay Primary School, actually, and um, they were really supportive when I went to them and said, hey, there's not enough good lunch options here for um, busy parents. And so um, we needed to come up with a way where we could get good food that was guilt-free into um, our kids at school that wasn't going to sort of send them bouncing off the walls. Um, And that also was really easy to order and really easy for schools. Now you're in over 300 schools, which is really, really impressive. Mm. How does it get from, people can text in or order online, how does it get from the text to the school in such a short amount of time? Well, actually, we've moved beyond texting. We've got an app that's about to go out now, which is really exciting. But it's, um, yeah, so basically the way it works is um, we partner with various cafes and caterers and they um, set their menu up through our system and then families can go online um, or through the app and they can um, place orders for as many days as they like and that gets delivered to the school um, all fully labelled with, you know, room and and, um, child name and what's in the bag and so on. So then the school just has to distribute it. And you've got another business as well that that you run as well. Somehow you managed to fit it all in. Tell us a bit about Kindo. Uh, So one of the schools we were doing lunches with came to us and said, hey, look, we've been looking around. We need to be able to take donation payments and all the little $5 trips and, um, you know, sports registrations and all this stuff that, um, you know, money that comes into the school and it takes a long time for them to process it in the office. It's really inefficient and it's difficult for parents to pay as well and keep up with what they owe. So um, could they use our software that we built for Easy Lunch? So it sort of seemed like a good idea. <laughs> so mm. we um, uh, basically put a few little admin tools around it, and now um, Kindo is the the primary driver um, behind our business, and Easy Lunch is a service that runs on our Kindo software. Wow. Mm. And I suppose it's also a massive advantage for parents. They know that the money that they're paying is going towards the school trip or the camp or whatever. It's not being spent at the dairy on the way to school or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that was always a big thing, especially even with Easy Lunch. You know, when we started, the parents loved the idea. They didn't have to find cash. I mean, even mm. nowadays, it's all plastic, right? You know, the school administrators hate it too because they, they were having the start of year. They'd open up a couple of days early and they would have queues of parents out the door waiting to be able to come in and pay their donation and buy their stationery pack for the start of the year was just, you know, two hours out of someone's life standing in a queue. It yeah. just doesn't make sense. And so, um, you know, these days when everyone, or a lot of pe- most people, have access to um, the internet in some way, you know, through their phone or um, their laptop or at work or something, it just makes sense really to be able to put it online and let families do it that way. And then from the administrator's point of view, they're not spending hours and hours typing things into spreadsheets and keeping track and 
you know, updating cash books or whatever, doing reconciliations from internet banking. It's just uh, we do it all for them, and it, it just saves hours. Okay, we're going to play a bit of a game Oh, gosh, now. okay. And <laughs> I'd like you to finish the sentence. Oh, no, right. Woohoo! All right, so Sandra Finlay is inspired by... Artwork. Artwork? There you go. Really? You didn't expect well, that, I, did you? I did not expect that at all. <laughs> oh, I love going to art galleries. Oh, and stationery shops with beautiful things in. Really? Mm. Okay, I've got to tell you, Sandra. Mm. It's not the answer uh, you wanted? No, that is a, it's, a, it's a unique answer, but for me, I just am bored out of my mind at art galleries. What ah. is it that interests you about art? What, what? Oh, I love the creativity of it and, and the mm. fact that someone thought that. Sandra Finlay is still learning to? Uh, give herself a break. Mm. Be a mm. bit kinder. Be a bit kinder. Turn off the... Kinder. Off, kind, uh, kinder to herself. I'm folding my arms. <laughs> <laughs> kinder. You know, stop the little voices on the shoulders going, oh, you're not good enough. You know, that kind of stuff. I think... Um, I'm still working on that, but I think probably that's something that we all have to work on. But you do believe in yourself quite a bit, because otherwise (laughs) you wouldn't have got this far. Well, that's right. Somehow, somehow I keep kind of going, yep, I'm going to do this. And Mm. well, I think, yeah, I love it. What do you think's the most difficult part of being a business owner? It's, uh, it's can be a bit all consuming, I think. um, And when you've got a family and a partner and you know other parts in your life as well as a business it's really hard to maintain that sort of work-life balance and that's probably one of the biggest challenges. Any business owner I think can get really easily sucked into spending all their hours and putting everything into this business and really seeing it through. What are the things that you do to help relax and make sure that you don't get sucked in? I have kids who keep me real Mm (laughs) so um you know, and uh, they'll let me know if I'm spending too much time at work. And, you know, there are certain things that that I have to do and and I use that to make sure that I stay on the, the clock properly as much as I can. So, you know, I want to be there when my 10-year-old um, gets home from school. I need to make sure that I'm there to pick her up. And um, so that means that I'm leaving the office at that time and it's not... I can't stay on for an extra two hours. That's not the way mm. my life works. So I've got to be there. And once I'm there, I want to be sitting down with her and hearing about her day and helping with homework if there's anything we need to do and, you know, being involved. So I think um, probably having kids is a, a really good way to make sure that you're keeping that balance. But it's also, you know, it's quite, it's, yeah, it's challenging for everyone, really. Mm. Mm. Do you think it adds a... So does it increase your productivity because you know you have this deadline that you have to get everything done by the day that day at three o'clock so that you can be at home? Do you think it increases your productivity? Yeah, I think it probably does, and I think I think there would be a lot of people out there in the world who who employ working mums, which I love to do, um, because you know, boy oh boy, and these dads. people. And dads, and dads. Yeah, these people know how to work hard. You know, mm. there's a deadline; they know it has to get done, and they and they go and do it. And and I think, um, you know, you don't want someone who's just going to be hanging around the office and, you know, <laughs> dragging it all out. You want someone mm. who's going to be really um, motivated. And I love working with um, with parents. What do you think is one of the your key strengths that was most critical in starting Easy Lunch and Kendo? 
I think having a passion and a belief in what you do is is really important. And I started Mm -hmm. this because I absolutely wanted good food and kids at school. That was my driving thing when Easy Lunch started. I didn't want all the chemicals and the food and all of that stuff. I wanted to have guilt-free good food for kids at school. Uh, And then... And that sort of morphed into actually we need to make life easier for families generally, and um, and that's what Kindo does. So we're making life easier for families and making life easier for for um, schools and administrators. And that's you know having that belief and that passion for what you do is what's going to actually keep you riding the ups and downs. Mm. Yeah, so it's important, I think. Owning two businesses, Easy Lunch and Kindo, especially at the start, any business will get a lot of people saying no, saying you can't do that, Mm. and being turned away. How did you learn to overcome those no's, or was that something already ingrained in you? One of the great things that my parents taught me was was, um, the value of hard work, and you just keep going and you persist, and um, that's really what you've got to have in big doses I think because there are times when you get knocked down and and things and you get no's and you just know you just know in your heart that this would be fantastic you know we could for so make a difference parties, yeah. you know for this well you know yeah we could really help this school you know if we really want to make this work and yet yeah. you know you can't get message through so it's it's tricky mm. yeah what, what do you think is the greatest thing holding people back from their dreams lack of belief in themselves you've really you've really got to you've got to back yourself because you know it's really hard to take the knocks otherwise Mm. yeah um but saying that you know like I would totally encourage people to go for it if they've got a dream um but I would temper that by saying do your research first make sure that you've got a market that you've got funding that the model's going to work that you've got people around you to support you um you know because I think it's a tough thing, and if you're going to go and put everything you have into it, you know whether that's your time or your money or your house or whatever mm. it is, um, you know you you want to have a good chance of success. And and it's not just a matter of just jumping in because you believe in it. You do actually have to um, to put the work in behind that to make sure that your idea is an idea that could float. What do you wish you learned when you were a young person? You know, I think I was really tough on myself. I had very high expectations. I wanted to do well at everything that I was doing. Um, and there was no room in that for um, things going wrong or not quite working out. And, um, you know, I think I was really tough on myself. Um, and, you know, comparing yourself to other people. And I think um, they give yourself a bit of a break, you know. Mm. No one's perfect at everything. No one. Uh, you've all got strengths and weaknesses. Do you have a philosophy by which you live? Probably the biggest thing is that I always try to see the good in people. You know, I try to see their heart because I think there's a lot of, um, especially with emails and texting and things like that, like quite often you can you can take something in a written form and you can interpret it in different ways. And I always try to interpret it the way that I want it to be, that it's a positive and good way because otherwise you spend a whole lot of time feeling negative about people and it's just a waste. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, so I think trying to see the good in people. Is, Does money matter to you? It matters in that I'd like to have um, enough to live comfortably. Um, I don't think I'd ever want to be a billionaire. You wouldn't? No. Why? Because that means that I would have more than I would need and I would actually prefer that those funds were doing some good 
Hmm. You know, that they were... Well, I guess if I was a billionaire, then I could give it away, right, to all the, yeah. all the right places, <laughs> wherever they may be. Yeah. You know? mm. Mm. I think that everyone wants to have a legacy. What do you think your legacy will be, or what would you like it to be? Actually, I'd like it to be um, that I was a really great mum. Um I suspect it might not be that. <laughs> I suspect it might be I my mum worked really hard. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, but yeah, that's what I'm. That's really probably. It's not to do with easy lunch or kinder or your business. That's something that I've done, and that I believe in wholeheartedly. And probably that's what <laughs> what would you know be remembered in a more wider sense. And actually, for me, it's about relationships. Yeah. Something I've noticed in talking with a lot of people who have made an impact on New Zealand is from a very young age, they were very determined and very persistent about everything that they did. Did you find that when you were growing up and that's now translated into into your business? Oh, I, you're so not going to talk to my parents, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I had a slight reputation for being difficult. Yeah, and being a bit stubborn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was stubborn, and and I wanted to, um, I wanted to do what I wanted to do. You know, I wanted to be the best in something, or I wanted to whatever it was at the time. You know, I was always driven to um, to do that. What do you think is the most important leadership lesson that you've learned? I think probably the thing I keep in mind most is that um, I want our workplace to be a place where people want to be. You know, when we run it, I want it to be like a family and, and a place where people can feel comfortable and where um, mistakes are actually learning points. And when you have that really solid team environment, you know that everyone's got your back. And there's a great story that you told me the other day about when a team member had your back. Do you mind sharing that with us? Oh, my goodness. We had a, an absolutely awesome and a completely tough 2017. It, you know, mm-hmm. it was one of those years. What happened was I uh, went for a walk, slipped over, and managed to rupture a couple of discs in my back. <sighs> so the pain was somewhat intense. Anyway, so what I didn't tell you was that so the next two days I spent in Christchurch because uh, I had a new team member and we had all these schools lined up to visit and we had to go. So I'm going around um, with her driving, thank goodness, and um, uh, visiting all these schools and going, do you mind if I just stand up during our meeting? You know, <laughs> and I'm pacing backwards and forwards around the room. You know. So um, so coming back from Christchurch to Auckland where, where I live, um, I went to the A&E on the way home. I got crutches and... Um, all the medications available for dealing with the pain. Um, and at that time, it just happened to be that our major competitor decided they wanted to exit the market. And so um, I had this really major negotiation the next day where I had to go in. So I'm sitting, oh no. I had to get my sister to drive me in because I couldn't drive a car. And um, I'm on these crutches. I'm going up to 10th floor of this amazing building in Queen Street and sitting at this board table. And honestly, I just... I could hardly think, and just my mouth wouldn't work. It was <laughs> it was terrible. Um, but anyway, I had this fantastic guy working with me who um, who basically did the negotiation uh, on my behalf, and and we um, we then went through the um, amazing, very challenging experience of bringing on like sixty schools in about three months, which wow. was probably about ten times as much as we would normally do. Um, 
but it was, you know, it was one of those, it was incredibly tough at the time, very painful and really hard on the whole team because everyone had to really pull together and um, and make sure that everyone was looked after as we transitioned everyone across and, and things. But, man, you know, I work with awesome people. And, yeah, and that's awesome. Yeah, they really... They really did it, and it, and it means that now we're in the position that we are, you know, that we're in a, a good position. Thank you so much for talking with us today, Sandra. It's been a pleasure um, spending the last little bit with you, so thank you so much. Oh, thanks, Duncan. I appreciate it. Next week on the Mountain Climbers Podcast. That is really cool. That is really cool. Internationally recognised real estate mogul Hayden Duncan is here. I don't talk about that a lot. Oh, now you put me on the spot. <laughs> really, you've had, you've had those thoughts. When you combine those two things, then anything truly is possible. At 33, he headed up New Zealand's largest real estate organisation. Today, he's the head consultant at Stable 99 and CEO of Tremaine's Real Estate. Learn how Hayden worked his way to the top and how you can too. All that and more next time on the Mountain Climbers Podcast. This episode of the Mountain Climbers Podcast is made with the support of Windsor Creative, a faith-based non-profit graphic design studio that specializes in brand identity, illustration, print media, and web design. We love them so much, we've used them for the branding of the Mountain Climbers Podcast. For more information about Windsor Creative, visit www.windsorcreative.org.nz. That's www.windsorcreative.org.nz. Or you can look up Windsor Creative One Word on Facebook. I'm Duncan Tolmy, and you've been listening to the Mountain Climbers Podcast. To stay connected, like the Mountain Climbers Podcast on Facebook today. 